on the beach. The only place to go and read your emails and tweets. Got the whole squad here today. Skeets, Tass, Trey, Lee, and JD. Thanks to everyone who sent in questions over the last week or so. Keep them coming. And keep them short. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of hard to get through essays. That's all I'm saying. I enjoy them. I I, I don't mind reading people's thoughts, but you're more likely to get on the show if it's a little bit more poignant. Yeah. Well, pithy. Yeah. A paragraph or two. Hello. How are you? Get on to it. <laughs> well, keep those emails, those short emails coming, nodunks at theathletic.com, or tweet them in at nodunksinc or use the hashtag nodunks. That's the best way. You've only got like 280 characters to get your question in there. You're taking up, what, eight of them with hashtag nodunks? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 272 uh, or less, baby. Uh, speaking of short emails or tweets or questions, uh, we're also short on time here because uh, Lily's <laughs> got to get going. So I actually want everyone – just to answer the questions nope. in maybe like one or two sentences. In JD, fa- hit the rapid-fire music. In fact, <laughs> if you could just grunt uh, as your answer to the question, that would be great because he's got to get going. i got to shoot, yeah. Yeah, it's not like we uh, usually do two shows on a Wednesday. Uh-uh. This guy's booking things on a Wednesday afternoon. What are you doing, man? You nah, know our schedule. I know, I know. It just didn't work, man. This one's a tough one to uh, change around. These ones are booked a long time in Okay, advance. okay. Maybe yeah. we don't even need to read the questions today. Just answers. Okay. Okay. Let's see what happens. Okay, well, well, well let's, let's, let's start reading the first sure, one. Sure, sure. Hello, Dunkety Dogs. I have a weird fascination with players who come off the bench and light up second units. I think the six-man role is one of the more underrated positions for a lot of teams. Sweet Lou Williams is obviously having another great year off the bench, but I'm not convinced he'll win another six-man-of-the-year award. I could see Dennis Schroeder averaging almost the same points per game as Williams, but on better shooting averages, or even Jordan Clarkson from the Jazz making a run for it. What you got? That's from Eric, who is currently stationed in Bucharest, Romania. Well, this is funny timing because we had just talked about this on Wednesday's Morning podcast, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit about Schroeder balling for the Thunder and his chances uh, of locking up a sixth man of the year. I think he is going to win it. I, I really do. Um, you know, again, I said this on the show, you look at who wins this award generally. It is a guard that scores at a at a high clip, and if you can do it efficient, efficiently and you can close out games, which Schroeder is doing, and then I like your chances because you've had Lou Williams and Eric Gordon and Jamal Crawford and J.R. Smith and, and even Harden when he was back on the yeah. Thunder. They all fit that role. Now, Schroeder more of a point guard, I guess, than a lot of those guys as just pure scorers, but not really in the role he's playing with OKC with all their guards out there and Chris Paul in SGA closing the game. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to do it. 19 points per game and efficiently shooting 47% from the floor, nearly 40% from three. Great at the line when he gets there. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked, too that uh, this is going to be a war that I, again, think he's going to run away with here. Yeah, I mean, Lou Williams is having a, a good season in a, in itself, but by his standards, it's uh, been a little bit off this season. Mm-hmm. He uh, hasn't had quite the same impact, but I think it's down to Schroeder or Lou's teammate, Montrez uh, Harrell. He's also been very good yeah. coming off the bench. He's up to 18.6 a game on 58% shooting, seven rebounds a game. You know what you're getting from Montrez Harrell when he comes out there. He's all energy and hustle. So he works hard for his points. He doesn't get a lot of plays run for him. So he makes the most out of uh, what he's got. So, But, you know, it, it's, a, it's a weird one of these awards because sometimes he's these guys start. I know there's a certain qualifying amount of games to be eligible for the six man. So, you know, that, that factors into it. But uh, I think Schroeder's been brilliant for the Thunder too. And I think he's the front runner right now. Is there voter fatigue for six man of the year awards? I think so. Probably. There, there might be. Because yeah. Lou Williams is leading the league in scoring off the bench. Is he still there? Yeah. Is he just eclipsing? Uh, and he has like more assists per game than Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Um, he's still amazing. But he's also shooting 
Very, very poor. Yeah, his percentages are way great, down. That's for sure. They're way down. Uh, and they were not even really all that amazing when he was winning these awards. Yeah, 41% right? this year, 42.5% last year. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's the question is, uh, do people just get bored voting for Lou Williams? Because it kind of seems like this award is, uh, well, there's nobody else to give it to. Might as well give mm-hmm. it to Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be interesting if Dragic hadn't missed like a good chunk of games. I mean, he missed like 10 games there. And then and, and the Heat did sort of, and I said this again on the morning show, like they sort of came back to earth. Like if they were still like flirting with the second or third seed maybe in the Eastern Conference, I think Dragic would be an interesting case mm-hmm. uh, to throw into the mix with a Lou Williams or a Schroeder or maybe a Clarkson. Because he's like a 16-5-3, and, and it's just he's got that cool, like, he's an older guy in that role, obviously was a starting point guard for a long time. But uh, I, I do think it's still one of the Clippers or Schroeder. And I, and I think, yeah, I think voter fatigue maybe will happen, um, especially when you consider Lou has not had a better year than the two previous years <laughs> yeah. that he won. But do you it's think not far it, off, but I, I get, but it's still less. Do you think someone like Lou and Jamal Crawford, to some extent, benefit sometimes from people going, just give it to those yeah, guys? Yeah, totally, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. when we make our uh, preseason predictions with these awards. Yeah, it's uh, hard to. I, I've done what you've done with Westbrook in All-Star Games yeah. before for MVP. I just say, oh, no, give it to Lou. Yeah. And he's won it, you know, three times out of the last five seasons. Can he make it four out of six here? Because he won back when he was with the Raps there in 14-15, too. Now, I, I think Schroeder is deserving of this, though. Mm-hmm. And the uh, evolution of De- Dennis Schroeder's career is kind of interesting. Came in as a backup to Jeff Teague in Atlanta. They gave him the keys. Things didn't work all, out all that well. They, Got rid of him. They trade him for Carmelo Anthony, who was an Atlanta Hawk, sort of. And then uh, he's found his a perfect spot for him, really, as a, you know, he's in the prime of his career at 26 years old. I wonder if somebody really gives him the keys ever again. It's possible. Uh, but uh, it seems perfect for him because, like, you, you, the Luke Williams comparison is pretty good because he isn't a guy who's really going to make a lot of his teammates so much better. Uh, but he can score a lot so that's this might be the perfect spot for Dennis Schroeder we like his chances next one here hey no dinky dinks I'm a longtime fan from back in the TBJ days and the proud owner of a Manu Poo God t-shirt wow throwback there Kyrie Irving has had a really disappointing first season with the Brooklyn Nets he played just 20 games before re-aggravating his shoulder and is out for the season my question if Kyrie retires sometime in the next couple of years and doesn't achieve anything significant in that time, like win a championship, let's say, with the Nets, will he get voted into the Hall of Fame? I know it seems unlikely that such a good player would just retire, but this shoulder injury is pretty scary, and he has had an unpredictable enough personality where he might just choose to suddenly hang him up one day. Or he might fall off the earth. Who knows? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Walks too far west or east or north or south. Uh, In the past, you guys have talked about how it wouldn't be a surprise if Kyrie retires relatively early. This is from Leo all the way in Singapore. Um, Yeah, we have talked about that before. If there would be any guy that would walk away at a very young age from 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 the game, it would be a guy like Kyrie, I think. We've also compared him to Barry Sanders for his moves in the past. Barry Sanders left the NFL early. That's right. That's right. A little, but, little but, Ricky Williams-esque. <laughs> there you go. But what do you think? If um, Okay, let's say he retires, I don't know, within the next three years or something crazy, something insane, uh, and doesn't win a title like Leo writes, would he be Hall of Fame worthy? He's a two-time All-NBA, six-time All-Star so far. Yep. And the championship was huge in Cleveland. Obviously, he had a major impact on that. He went to the finals several times. Won an All-Star game MVP, won yeah. Rookie of the Year, career averages of 22, 6, and 4. Yep. Right Olympic now. gold, FIBA gold. Right, yep. So he's got plenty of accolades. Yeah, he does. He's 
I think he still needs a little more, though. I, I, I just feel he's not quite there yet. Um, he's got plenty of time, but yeah, he, he's. We know his uh, character is uh, unusual, a little unique, you might say. Uh, but I think, yeah, I, I think he needs to have some post-LeBron success. I think, mm. and he didn't have any pre-LeBron success, and I think that's a part of it too. I don't think he would get in with the current situation right now. at all. Part of it is just storyline it's narrative it's do these voters want to put you in and if you retire from the game that's a that's a black mark against you in the prime of your career so that would be a huge part of it even chris bosh who retired because of injury and because he couldn't suit up anymore didn't get in as a finalist the first time this Mm -hmm. season Mm -hmm. and you know he had to retire relatively young but a lot older than what Kyrie is at this point or or even close to what Kyrie is even if it was a couple years from now so I don't think so I don't think the story would be in his corner the narrative would be in his corner I kind of think he'll get in uh even if he retired today basketball reference has him at a 65 percent chance and you go and you know you do your little play index who are these guys that have played about the same not a dissimilar case to Ralph Sampson, who is in the Hall of Fame. He was a number one draft pick who had his most success in college. Didn't have a ton of NBA success, but All-NBA one season, All-Star MVP one season, All-Rookie, Rookie of the Year, four-time All-Star, and he got in. Mm-hmm. I kind of think Kyrie will be there. He Maybe his story isn't quite as great, but he did hit one of the great shots in cool. NBA history. Sure, One of the most clutch shots that we've ever seen, winning a Game 7, coming back from 3-1. That's a pretty big feather to have in your cap so I kind of think he would still get in Uh, man that's tough he's only played he's played less than 600 games in his career Ralph Sampson 456 it's not a lot though I I actually that that is a great comparison I really really like that one I sort of look at a guy like um, Tim Hardaway and what he did in his career with averages like 18 8 and 3 five-time all-star one all-nba selection um, you know, so so Kyrie does have more, you know, individual accolades, but Tim Hardaway is not in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and is not really even sniffing it right now. Um, he's sort of always on the the the, the uh, idea of like, oh, honorable mention of some sort, but uh, hasn't garnered enough votes by any means yet. So, uh, yeah, that's you do you do throw in the international play, it's going to help him. Wow, if he only played ten seasons, would he be a Hall of Famer? Love that one. That's a good. It's a good question. That's a good one to ask. That's a tough one. Let's hear from you guys. Hashtag no dunks at no dunks inc. Next one here. Hey, no dinkalinks. My question for you. Hot off the Houston Astros cheating scandal. What is a similar cheating offense that could rock the NBA world? The actions of the Astros organization has clearly rocked Major League Baseball, and it got me wondering what, if any, cheating tactics could have a similar effect in the NBA world. This has also got me thinking, since every player in the Astros is bound to catch a fastball to the small of the back next season, for breaking one of baseball's many unwritten rules, what similar revenge tactics would NBA players take? Maybe the cheating team would see an increase in flagrant fouls, or perhaps their players could get iced out of an all-star selection draft <laughs> by the team captains. <laughs> okay, uh, that one That's a little too far yeah, there, maybe, Nick yeah, G, yeah. with the last one, but maybe the flagrant fouls? Sure, that, that's applicable. I hadn't even thought about this. I, not that I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm sort of following the the Astros scandal through the Athletic and their great reporting. But yeah, I, our t- pitchers are going to be pinging these guys all year. Well, gotta that, watch those bean balls. Is that what's well, going? they're already playing. That's great. I know. I know Altuve uh, a lot of booze. A lot of booze. I'm not sure if he got it right right across the Altuve in the back. Wow. But uh, 
I don't. I haven't heard of any of that. Yeah, I hadn't yet. thought about it. If that, if that is a lot of booze though from opposing fans. Yeah. Dusty Baker is their new manager. Yeah. Is that true? I think he like talked to MLB to say, hey, guys are going to be beaning our guys, so watch out for it. And I guess I guess a hard flagrant foul is the NBA equivalent of a bean ball. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard because the uh, there's more of a penalty though for a. A flagrant foul, mm. obviously, you're getting a free throw. I, mean, I guess it's just a guy to the base usually, and then, hey, break it up, break it up. If it happens again, we got a problem in baseball. But they let you get one in for sure. Yeah. You know, when he's talking about as well the cheating scandal, like what, what's something similar, like tactics-wise? Yeah. That's tough, I think. Yeah, I struggled to come up with a good answer for the this. The game, you know, baseball's like such a, uh, you know, you're pitching or you're hitting. Right, whereas basketball is more flow to yeah. it. So, like, because I was thinking if you were to somehow, like, make one of the rims a little bit off at one end. But, you know, the main thing is people can sort of see that yeah. as well. You know, like when Zion kind of dented it or, or bent it at the All-Star weekend, everyone could tell straight away. Yeah, okay, what about um, raise that particular rim by an inch? Yeah, I mean, like I, I know these guys are so fine tuned, like yeah. they would know, but like, would you be able to tell with a common eye? I don't yeah, know. I'd, I'd, yeah. Well, then you'd have to adjust it at half, right? Yeah, yeah. well, that's or the other thing. Well, they sometimes come out there and they get Some... their level out. And hey, that looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's hard to see. I mean, if you go back in history, the Celtics had a reputation in the 80s, of course, for leaving like uh, the, the opponent's locker room either air conditioning, not on, yeah. uh, cold showers, or, yeah. you know, no showers. So sort of that more. Gamesmanship. Exactly. More yeah. gamesmanship rather than. You know, that's not cheating. No, yeah. it's just did that this year to the Grizzlies, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. That's right. right. Yeah. I think a step further of having cameras and audio recordings in, in the locker room could be something that would be bug the locker room. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, but they know have, they, yeah, they, yeah, they know all the the plays that yeah. are basically running as it is. Yeah. I mean, you hear LeBron talking about like, yeah, they, they yell it out yeah. half the time. Like, here's what Jose they're Altuve knows what a curveball is. Yeah. He still wants the information. Yeah, it's, mm. it's going to help you, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, how they're going to diverge from the game plan or whatever like you know in detail yeah. but you know it's not the same wasn't there the whole thing Lee maybe you can speak to this better because I'm, I'm vaguely remembering it was it the Utah Jazz who notoriously liked the what did they like the balls sort of either cold or super inflated or both you know do you know well, what I'm talking about uh, Ma- the Lakers and Magic Johnson apparently liked them a little over inflated right because they would bounce up a little higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's I don't know how accurate that is. Yeah, I know. Because wow. people would always say, well, if they were overinflated, though, then they would clank off the rim a little bit harder, too. Sure, So it sure. wouldn't necessarily help. But the idea was that it would help Magic Johnson transition. That. Well, but the, and I think the, the, the point is, again, if, if it was either overinflating the balls or having them colder or whatever... It's like you would practice with those right. with the with the equipment like that yeah. to then replicate in the game where the other team may not be used to it, right? Right. So whatever right. that that move was, that's not again. That's not to me really cheating by any means. No, you, you have to, to you have to first off uh, confirm <laughs> the game balls at the start of the game anyway. Yeah, but it's uh, a smooth little. It's a move. deflate gate. It's, it's what I Tom guess, Brady yeah, did I to guess some it degree. Sort of is. Yeah, but in football, you get your own balls. Right, like you have you have Patriots balls. When we're on offense, we're throwing Patriots balls. In basketball, you're using the same ball. Wow, right. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. They're not using the same uh, football on different kicking balls sides. as well. Oh, really? Good K balls. Wow, so many balls. It's mm. weird though that both offenses wouldn't have the same balls. Like that's just so they 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 look at them and they say, hey, the regulation at the beginning of games, and then what were the what were the Patriots doing? Just deflating them on the sideline at touch? Maybe wasn't so. it before mm-hmm. the game? But um, <laughs> yeah, so the game, how yeah. many times do they? 
swap out that ball during a game. Like in baseball, you know, anytime it scuffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's <laughs> like not in, just one football. No, yeah, but I mean, like, so do they do it like that? Is it if it scuffs, do they immediately replace it? Do you know? I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Nah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering the if they got their own balls, you know? Like, you know? Two hours and 15 minutes prior to kickoff, both teams will be required to bring 24 footballs oh. for inspection. Wow. But I really did balls. not know at all that, okay, we're the offensive team. <laughs> we're going to use our balls or these balls and you guys are going to use these ones when you're on offense. I, I did no. not know that at all. I just assumed it would, I assume they were both bringing balls to the game and like, then they're just <laughs> all cycled in. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just figuring it out on the fly. Oh man. This is why we like to go beach stepping. You know, you learn a thing or two yeah. about other sports. Sometimes it's cricket. Sometimes it's American football. Oh yeah. We did that in uh in rounder softball all the time. When we play a big hitting team, Oh my goodness, JD's all over it. We'd bring the uh, the softer balls so there'd be less juice on the balls. Huh. So they wouldn't get out of the park as, as quickly. Really? Smart? No, I didn't do that. We oh, didn't do that. Uh, that would be really smart, though. That would be amazing. Or if we were a big dinging team, if Big Cam or Big Steve were stepping up to the plate, we'd bring those hard balls, the juice balls. You know, there's different level of softballs. There's the gold. There's the oh. double gold. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's different ones. That's all I got. All right. Next question. <laughs> nice to step out onto the field there with, uh, you know, spring training underway. Is that what's going on right now? Yeah. Is that where we're at? You better believe well, it. Yeah, we we're squeezing s- grapefruits right now. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. The season probably starts in like three weeks, MLB. Crazy. Next one. Quickie. Good stuff here from Ken. Hi, no dunkers. Listening to the latest Say What podcast, and I heard that you guys can do sleepovers at the Golden One Center. Do you have any arenas in mind for you to do a sleepover? If so, which part of the arena would you want to sleep in? <laughs> Good question, Ken. Yeah, maybe having a room on top of the Jumbotron, he uh, he posits. Yeah. Yeah, sleepovers. A room, a room on top of the Jumbotron. Yeah. Harry, when you wake up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Speaking of baseball, it's like the hotel at the J- at the <laughs> Skydome. That's right. Slash Rogers Center. Looking out there. Yeah, they don't really have that for any... Uh, NBA arenas, do they? It's a good idea mm. for whoever builds the next arena. In-house hotel. Sure, sure. <laughs> People still talk about the Skydome years later. Well, they do. But they do. I, but I took Ken's question as a, an actual, you know, regular arena. Where are you sleeping? Okay. That part of it. Like, you know, regular. Not, regular not specific like, one, not, yeah. uh, you know, there have been sleepovers where you just sleep on the, the floor. Or you sleep, yeah. If it's a cement floor underneath the hardwood or the hardwood. But it's not ideal. Oh, really? So where do you want to sleep? Because the ceiling is way too high. It would just be—it's—it's—it's it's, mm. it's too cavernous. <laughs> like it, it doesn't feel like a room, right? Yeah, but I used to when we were kids, we would do like the thirty-hour famine challenge, where you would like go to a school, like a like a church gym or even a school gym, and you like the whole thing was like you weren't eating for thirty hours right. and raise money, obviously for awareness, and you would have the sleepover, and there was something fun lying about lying on the gym floor. Uh, during the night, got to get out the gym. Barely mask, sleeping because you're talking to everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Right. You're that must barely have been sleeping. a nightmare for the teachers, though. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, Come on, kid. Just yeah, shut the f up. Go oh, sleep. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. oh, Dad. Why didn't you? Uh... Oh, Jesus. Why did I sign up for this again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're raising money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I did it last year. Can't someone else? Do it? Oh, <laughs> There's man. always first year I... teachers. <laughs> yeah. I'd say you'd have a better sleep in the locker room. Just yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, or a yeah. cool sleep, I think, would be on the catwalks, way above. <laughs> oh wow! It's cozy. You know, you probably won't fall off. 
No, it's like uh, you're in a, a super high treehouse. Yeah. yeah. You got to be still. And you got a ceiling. Yeah, you got to be still, I guess. And you're like, you really want to be close to the ceiling, yeah. it sounds like. You don't like I don't this like... cavernous uh, height no, above I've you. I've never slept outside. <laughs> never <laughs> never slept in a tent. His tent's like one inch from his face. <laughs> Daz is, he's so close to it. Is uh, there an arena that you'd want to sleep in, like a particular arena? Yeah, I mean, they're all pretty similar to me. At the least only one that I've stuck out in. to me was Barclays Center because I feel like it's very dark there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just like walking through the concourses, it seems darker than many arenas. And as we know, the the sound waves weren't designed for basketball. Mm. They were designed for concerts. So maybe it's quiet in there. I don't know. Totally right. You'd have to get, uh, yeah, like a noise machine playing on the PA system. Oh, wow. That's a huge white noise machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remove the Jumbotron, just have a Marpack up there. <laughs> All right, next question. Hey, non-dunkers, was listening to the podcast where Lee talked about the 3 by 2 seating arrangement for the airplane. I have never encountered this myself, but also would find it a bit strange. So I asked my brother, an aerospace and a mechanical engineer, why this would be. I will try and summarize as best I can, though interpreting an engineer can be difficult. Simply put, it's a design choice. Any weight distribution issues are more than easily offset by the amount of force the wings and stabilizers can produce. Hmm. Since there will never be a perfect center of gravity, even in a symmetrically seated aircraft due to people varying in sizes, those corrections are made by either the pilot or control equations using the stabilizers. That's from Jared in Portland, Oregon. Thanks, Jared, wow. for sending so that in. Wow, so it actually doesn't really matter. It's ah. just a design choice. Yeah. In theory, you could have, like, you could have all of them on one side of the plane. <laughs> wow. Interesting. That's a good question. Could you? I guess we have to ask Jared. I do like that he, <laughs> he break, that he breaks this down. He's like, it is tough to interpret what an engineer says, but basically they just chose to do it like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Which a, makes it sense. It was more amazing yeah. that Jared has never seen a plane like this. I thought it was somewhat common, but I guess it's the size of the plane, too, that you're taking. Yeah. The 3 2. I've been on many planes like mm. that. You were the 1 2, which are obviously smaller aircraft. It's funny because uh, I was lucky I got to travel a lot as a kid. Sure. And I remember my dad telling me one day that they would do the seat plan for people like. 24 to 36 hours out based on size and weight based on your birth date but now you can pick any seat you want on uh on delta so i guess is your dad lying to you i don't think so i don't think so he was in the airline business okay yeah interesting so it's changed yeah there's the technology yeah now i mean you go on that delta app you pick your seat it's great you sit anywhere you want is that why delta keeps asking me for my weight (laughs) you want to balance out the plane (laughs) i refuse yeah, that's uh, isn't that just that's a, a recent bit. Kermit enthusiasm <laughs> yep. bit? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, they just had an episode on a, like a private plane about Larry is supposed to find out by the pilot's request the weight of everybody flying with him, but of course nobody wants to give him his weight, right? Or their weight uh, and the issue. So yeah, I get me. You know what? So was he lying to us too, or is it because it's a smaller plane that I, that would actually matter? I mean, it's a smaller plane for sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't get my aeronautical information from curb your enthusiasm in general. <laughs> no, maybe but, from uh, your brother who my is a brother. Pilot. I yeah. could ask him. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you, Jared, in this you know scenario here? Why aren't you explaining this to us? Yeah, maybe because I don't know. I simply don't know. We had another emailer, Adrian from Spain, basically said the exact same thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so the the, so we're buying the, the planes now. technology, the force, the stabilizers can just even it out. Uh, no, really, regardless, basically, also how much weight is on one like, side, yeah. be it baggage or people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you got five seats, you're splitting them two and three, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you're not splitting them one and four. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> or five o. Yeah. I think the five o can work. 
The problem is the service. The service. Service horn. Pass this down. It's like now you're like no, no, no. You got like a movie theater. Pass me my Lorna Dunes. You like that? You got your two ass. Oh, you want five? You want five in the middle? In the middle, yeah. Yeah, but then what about the middle guy? The guy in the first got two people on each side. These flights are only short ones, so you can you can hang on for you know two hours. Maybe that'll be the question. Instead of asking your weights, they're like, how long can you hold it? <laughs> but if the, you put over two hours, you're sitting in the middle. Ooh, middle. Yeah. But the flight attendants in your scenario with five in the middle yeah. of a somewhat smaller plane, like they're going to be like hunched over ducking <laughs> down the oh, down both point. sides because it's not like you can't stand there. Higher, short, higher short flight attendants. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, then they don't so. have to reach. Then they can't reach to the middle. That's why you got the passengers to help out. Oh. No, there'd be no overhead baggage. No. Yeah, it'll, it'll all be in the middle. It'll be all be in the middle. Right. The, 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 the row in the middle have to sit on Put the it bag. under your seat then. That's a good way of saying to people, don't bring too many big clunky bags on this flight. It has to go under your seat. Design or it else a- it doesn't go under the plane. It just gets chucked out. Mm. All right, next one. Hi, No Dunkers. I have an idea on how to fix the All-Star game. Money will not motivate the players. Their salaries are already ridiculous. But they're competitors that hate to lose. So give the winners of the game a patch to wear on their jersey for the rest of the season. And more importantly, give the losers an L patch that they have to wear. You think that would make them play hard? Oh, yes. After coming up with this fantastic idea, I started spinning. What if players could have their accolades as patches on their uniform? Championships, MVPs, all-star appearances, all-NBA, rookie of the year, everything. Like scouts or generals, every accomplishment is visible on the chest and or sleeve. Can you imagine LeBron coming at you with his jersey covered in patches showing his greatness? Scary. Maybe all the rookies can have a pink armlet. And three-time All-Stars are allowed to have the ninja hairband. You could really go wild with this. Golden headband for the king? For the casual TV viewer, it would be good to see what players are good or new by just looking at their jersey. That's from (laughs) Mats in Sweden. Hmm. With the idea with the patch. Now, they've done the patches with the warm-up. All-star warm-ups, yeah, for All-star sure. warm-ups, that's York, right. And I love it. I've yeah, always been a cool. big fan of it. Yeah, all your little accolades on there, all your all-star appearances, your defensive player of the year, little trophies. That looks cool. But he, Matt's wants to take it next level and say, put it on the jersey. Wow. What do you think? I mean, you brought up Tim Hardaway. I always loved that he had the captain patch. Had the the captain patch was wicked. Reggie Miller also had one. So, yeah, I think I'm pro patches. So did Matt's. Matt's Matt's me. <laughs> Thanks for writing in. Yeah. We got two emails from Matt's in Sweden. I'm not kidding. Oh. They also said pronounce it Mots. Oh. Don't pronounce it Matt. Whatever. Mm, oh, sorry. Sorry, okay. Matt's Mots. It's uh, wild. Matt Sundin. Mots Sundin. <laughs> and it's also cool, like, the Raptors now have the, the little gold on the back for yeah. winning a championship. Yeah. I'm okay with the team accomplishments. The individual ones, I find it, just find it weird. Yeah. Where, I, where would you put them? Where would you put them? Like, I mean, That's where's LeBron, LeBron going to put 17 years worth of accomplishments? Yeah, like 25 things. What about on the, the edge of the short? Like the hem of the uh, short. Okay, you know, shorts. Sort of mm. <laughs> yeah, sure. Know. Yeah. Then you're almost diminishing it. You're right. You're right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Some of them got to be above the waist. Yeah, like yeah, if you're like all rookie second team, you know, and then no, you get out of here. No, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Then you achieve a lot more. You don't want that on there, do you? No. You, want, you only want the you know really important ones on there. Hmm. There's something, though, to the idea of, like, uh, what Mats is saying here of, like, 
if you lose the All-Star game, there is like this little punishment that none of these guys would want to carry with them for the rest of the year. <laughs> I love the idea of an All-Star wearing a loser patch <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the second half of the season. Because they lost an exhibition <laughs> <That's> game. <right. laughs> but but maybe, maybe, maybe it would work. <laughs> They are very competitive. You wouldn't want that. You would, uh-uh. That would that would suck. All your all your <laughs> all, all your Getty images are ruined. Yeah. Uh, you know any uh, footage moving forward? You make it to the playoffs and you still got an L on you, even though you win the title in the end. You're Giannis. You're like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> What's happened That's to the C patches? You never see them in, um, anymore at all. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. Paul Lucas probably has your answer mm. over at UniWatch. I remember reading a big thing about the C over there. Yeah. He, yeah. You're right. Hardaway was one of like. Uh, yeah. Or that team, I guess, was one of the last teams to sort of do it in the NBA. I like it, too. I'm a fan of it. I want to know who the captain is. Yeah, who's making the call? Look at me. I mean, they don't actually do anything there. No. Look at me. <laughs> I'm the captain now. just told you guys I watched that recently. still holds up. Throw a C on your shirt then, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, Dinklebergs. Just watched the Maple Leafs hit a new low this weekend, losing to their own Zamboni driver, David Ayers. Such a juxtaposition to the beating the Raps put on the Pacers last night. My question, which emergency player would you like to see play in an NBA game? Could be Drake on the Raps, Spike Lee on the Knicks, just to name a few. But if you want the true David Ayers experience, I would want to see the security guard in Scotiabank Arena get some run on the court. He would always be there for the pregame fist bump. Thanks for making long subway trips to Ryerson more enjoyable and hope you have another show in Toronto soon. Well, that's happening. That's right. Thomas V., in Toronto. March 28th, Hoop Talks, Times No Dunks. See you there. Yeah, see you there. Tickets go to uh, at Hoop Talks Live on Twitter. Hit that link up. We got it up on our Facebook page as well. It should be a fun show. Always a fun show at the rec room in Toronto, March 28th. Good question. I like it. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of like a celebrity, like a Drake or, you know, Spike Lee in the, in the next instance. But with the Raptors, what would be way cooler would be Super fan, Nav Batya. <laughs> like, you imagine Nav had to get out there for a couple of possessions. He's always into the game. Mm-hmm. You always know what's going on. He's always barking at the uh, the opponent's bench. Always has a jersey. Yeah. Exactly. Ready to go. Zone number. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd love to see Nav have to get out there and, like, try and shut down a guy for a possession. I had the same answer. And uh, why don't we give a quick shout-out, round of applause to Nav, who is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Incredible. The first honoree into the super fan gallery it's a new uh it's a new wing that's uh, pretty cool yeah so he's going to be the very first uh, person into that uh that part of the gallery in fact i had that scoop from nav himself in chicago but really? I, I kept it to myself i told trey uh didn't i tell you uh, i thought i told you but um yeah amazing amazing stuff for uh nav Bhatti. has been right. there since day one really in toronto and got his championship ring when trey and i put on his ring as well it was incredible are you uh Breaking some news here? Is that, no, no, is no. That, it's out there. It's out there. It the, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nav, uh, Nav said himself uh, to be honored into the Hoop Hall as the first honoree into the Superfan Gallery. What an incredible day. Don't wake me up, please. Thank you to the Hall and to the Raptors organization. That's pretty oh, cool. Yeah, I was out there. Yeah. All right. Congrats yeah. to Nav. Uh, I'd still like to see you play a couple of positions <laughs> before you go in. <laughs> I want to see what, uh, what type of game you got out there. Anyone else, though? Detroit's Dancing Usher. Yeah, I oh, like yeah. to see that that guy can play because one of my theories is that all good guards in the NBA are good at dancing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and this guy's very good at dancing. So, does it translate the other way? If you're good at dancing, you've got a little bit of basketball in you. Justin Bieber, he's got some moves <laughs> on the stage, and 
on the court. Man. So maybe uh, Dancing Usher Man is the same. Okay. I uh, I would also like to see uh, Guy Fieri no. suit up for the Warriors, especially the Warriors, <laughs> the guys they're playing this year. He could he could get some burn. He could be an 11th or 12th man. Get him out there. So he got a jumper? Guy's got a jumper. Good question. He's a, such a... He's on Fieri! Yeah, he's such a huge... <laughs> Has he ever played player. in the... Um, the celebrity game? I don't think so. He was an assistant so. coach yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Coach. So it makes, you th- it makes you think he's not super confident yeah. maybe in his basketball skills. They would definitely have him in the game sure, if they yeah. wanted to play it, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I would assume so. All right. Uh, also going to the uh, Hall of Fame as super fan is uh, the late Penny Marshall, Lakers fan. Okay. So just the two of them? Looks like it's just the two of them from where's what, my, I, from what I'm seeing. Let's get Mr. Whammy in there. I uh, speaking of Nabucha, I also had an older gentleman that I wanted to get in. He's probably about the same age as Nuff in his sixties. Old man knees in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sits beside the scorers table. He's got uh, the white hair flailing, and he's been uh, his his name is he's affectionately called Old Man Knees because he's been on his knees ready to play, and that's why I want him in the game. He plays some defense. He'll get play. down and dirty. Yeah, that's right. Double possessions. Yeah, you imagine him with Simmons and Tybal. Tybal, excuse me. Oh, yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah. All right, next one here. Hey, no dunkers. When thinking about who the best team in NBA history is, the only answer is the Celtics or Lakers, simply because of the number of titles they have. But who is the best NBA team in the 21st century from 2000 to 2019? It's been 20 years or so. I think that's enough time to look back properly. As a Spurs fan, I definitely might be biased, but four championships plus another 99 and a 100% playoff appearance rate is pretty strong. Other candidates, in my opinion, are obviously the Lakers, who have the most championships this century, the Warriors, the Heat, maybe even the Cavs. Only one title, but five final appearances, plus the greatest finals comeback ever. What do you guys think? That's from Diego in Madrid, Spain. Wants to know the NBA team of the 21st century. He's got the right candidates, I think, that he listed there. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess uh, the Lakers winning five um, out of six puts them pretty close because the Warriors won three and went to five straight but they missed the playoffs 13 times the Lakers this. were five out of seven were they not because they lost they lost in, the, in the, 04 the, that's right and then they went to the final oh, three okay. to the that's right yeah that's okay so yeah so five of sorry yeah five of seven five yeah. out of seven yeah. yeah um you know they missed the playoffs the last couple of years but the Warriors 13 times out of 20 years so you know they had a great run when they got there but they just—they weren't even in it. Um, for right, so right. So you're saying the Lakers, uh, obviously, you know, the favorites at the early part of the the century. Yeah. But then have not made the playoffs for a long time, and the Warriors are the flip of that, where they never made the playoffs for yeah. a long time, and then yeah, it became sort of one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I lean towards the Lakers, the Lakers though, mm. too. I, I know it's weird, but would, it, it would, is because they had two, sorry, two distinct eras, right? Yeah. You know, with the the, the Shaq and Kobe, and then Kobe with Pal Gasol in that team. It's a tough one. It's tough. I think the Spurs is actually a pretty solid choice. Like you said, they made the playoffs every single year. Yeah. Four titles. They, I mean, their eras are a little bit different since it's the same guys that won it at the beginning <laughs> of the century and again in uh, 2014. But they've got 220 more wins than any other team yeah, in the true. 21st century, if you're including the playoffs. And... I mean, if Kawhi Leonard doesn't leave, we're still talking about the Spurs as title contenders, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah, I'm taking the Spurs, too. Because the Lakers missed the playoffs a lot mm-hmm. uh, in the last 20 years. They missed the playoffs the last six seasons. Uh, seven since 2000. There was that, that one there um, in the middle of Kobe's run. And 
That's a third. That's a third of the years missing the playoffs. So, yeah, although the Spurs have one less championship. But it's all about rings. Yeah. Spurs do have one less championship, mm. but they also have the redemption story of the 2013 loss and then the 2014 win. I don't know. That Even just that is seems a little bit sweeter than the back-to-back for the Lakers. I mean, I guess it's just the Lakers beat the Magic. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't really... I know it's a ring, but it doesn't really doesn't hit wow home. You. Yeah, they beat yeah. the Celtics. I don't know. Yeah, they win. That's a good. That's a tough, tough question. Well, and if that gets LeBron and the Lakers and AD win another one, I don't know, then you're what's the, then you're yeah. up to six and twenty. Woo, oh, that's yeah. different. Yeah, three different teams. That's good though. Yeah, and and the Warriors of course are there, and the Heat are there, and uh, the Cavs. Uh, uh, a yeah. more difficult nah. to make a case for them. But Who's yeah, got the uh, second most wins in the 21st century? In the 21st century? You're playoffs included. Playoffs, oh, playoffs, playoffs included. included. That Spurs, number one. By quite a bit, as I said, right. 220. It might be the Cavs. It's not. Miami hmm. Heat? Nope. Close. Okay, close. They're affiliated with the Miami Heat. They're tied together, no doubt about it. This team has one championship. Okay. Quite the important championship. They also had a long playoff streak. Dallas Mavericks. There you oh, go. Yeah, yeah. they had oh, the long yeah. Yeah. They won 50 them. every year for a lot of years, didn't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. Good question. Next one here. Hey, no dunkers, all layups. I'm sitting here in my semi-permanent spot on my couch with a torn ligament in my knee, mm-hmm. doing the only thing to do when you are bound to crutches for months, listening to no dunks. Speaking of torn knee ligaments, what are your thoughts on DeMarcus Cousins? Will he play again? Will anyone pick him up? And another fun extra one. What's the stupidest way you injured yourself? I tore my knee doing a crab walk over a table. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Love you guys. That's from Fletch in Frankston, Australia. Let's address the Cousins part first. Yeah, he's going to play again. I mean, he's only 29. 100%. He is, but is he going to get more than a a one-year contract, do you think? To start, no, probably. But Mm. even then, still, it's not like he doesn't have another... Biggish contract in him, I, I, you know. I'm, I'm hoping, obviously, um, and it, it sounds already he might even go back to the Lakers here, right? Yeah. That this them waving him from the Marcus Morris or Markeith Morris can't even keep track <laughs> of them um, to make that happen. They had to open up a spot, and so they waved him. But mm. they might have a deal in place. <coughs> Excuse me, that uh, they might uh, bring him back. So yeah, he's 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 gonna play again for sure. That's a lock. I do think you're right, though, Lee, that it'll be probably one-year contracts to start. Because it'll be 30 at the start of next season. Mm. Had a one-year contract with the Warriors. Had a one-year contract yeah, with the no, Lakers. I, you got to prove that you can make it through a season. And then if he does, I mean, Cousins will put up numbers, even if he's slow. Because he's still going to be a big, huge guy with touch around the rim. Yeah, and uh, not even a bad three-point shooter, too, um, for, for obviously his size. Okay, what's the stupidest way you've injured yourself? I talked about mine a while ago. When I was 21, we were on a houseboat for a friend's uh, birthday week celebration. And uh, on the first day, we were just drinking and we were jumping off the boat as it was moving. It wasn't going all that fast, but we were jumping off the back, hang on to this rope. And I got my arm sort of twisted up there. And I nearly, I somehow didn't dislocate my arm, but I should have. I still got like the scar from it. Yeah, that was Mm. stupid. Stupid and drunk and idiotic and... At the time, everyone else was having a great time, so I was trying to ice it while <laughs> still having a fun time while drinking and pretending I wasn't in excruciating pain. Oh, I know. But, yeah, mine's very similar. I think I've shared it, too. We were at some house party when we were in high school. They had a trampoline in their backyard, so everybody's dicking around on that. I'm like, oh, I, everyone's trying to do somersaults. I'm like, I'm going to try and do a double somersault. Check this out. And I'm getting – obviously got a little liquid courage. I'm <laughs> jumping around, and uh, sure enough, I spin once. All right, I spin twice. Sweet. Whoops, keep going. 
nail my nose on the bar around the trampoline. It busts open. Blood spills all over the trampoline. It's do- the trampoline is done for the night. And uh, then I had like a beer. Like incredibly didn't break my nose somehow. Um, and I just smushed it straight so it didn't even go all crooked. Um, but, yeah, I had a beer you know, on it, an ice cold beer trying to take the swelling down. It's like such an idiot. That's by far the dumbest way I've injured myself. Trying to, I don't even think anyone was watching me. I, you know? like, it wasn't like everyone was like, it. oh, let's see if he can do this. I was like, probably to one other person that's out there. I'm like, yeah, let's see if we can do this. To, more to myself. <laughs> Proven wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's not the way to do it. Injure yourself when nobody's looking so yeah. you can feel really bad about it. But I actually had forgotten about mine until you said dicking around on a trampoline because I once tried to do a backflip and crotched it onto the bar oh, yeah. of a trampoline. And oh, oh. my goodness. That was the last time, literally the last time I ever tried a backflip. Yeah. yeah, but do you, I always think with that, we could have made $100,000 if someone had a camcorder on it. <laughs> That's right. Could have put it That's on America's right. Funniest Home Videos. Been rich. <laughs> Alas. You got one? I've never oh, injured you, you, myself. Well, never. No, you've got the classic, uh, yeah. the baseball injury. Fummer. Yes, the fummer going down. All right, a couple more here. Hey, No Dunks, I'm a big fan of the way players sometimes refer to one another as a certified bucket. And have wanted to use it in my day-to-day life, but have not been able to find situations where it sounds cool and is applicable. <laughs> what are some of your favorite basketball phrases or phrases in general that cannot be translated to apply to other situations? Love you guys. Turn up. Forgot the awesome, but that's from <laughs> Stella. Okay. Certified bucket. I think you can add that very easily. Somebody's carrying a lot of stuff. Yeah, like buckets. <laughs> well, I just meant anything. <laughs> yeah, liquid. In part, if you're carrying a lot of liquid in your hands, that guy's a certified bucket. <laughs> Crashing the glass. Crashing the glass. Yeah. Well, what would you use that for? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It doesn't sound yeah. cool. I mean, it's a good, it's a good term in basketball, but like crashing the glass, most likely is a bad thing in any other right. mm. walk of life. Well, yeah, I would dropping use, something. I would an iPad. Yeah, <laughs> crashing the glass. Yeah, nice. okay. I would use it for uh, Washita Street over by our place. Everybody's always getting their windows broken. Yeah, into they're crashing the glass a lot. Oh my god. Okay, you guys just changed my mind. <laughs> but those are bad things. It's not great things. Any other phrases? Bury a jumper. You could, uh, if you dug a hole in your backyard and put your favorite sweater into it, covered uh, it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever find yourself in that situation, yeah, I would say that to that person. Yeah. Somebody send us a video of that happened. Way to please. bury a jumper. <laughs> <laughs> Charity stripe. Boxing out. You know, well, like, I've been boxed box, out in person. Box out, box out kid. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Hang on, yeah. Yeah, boxing. No, you you can throw that one around. We're like even uh, again a curb your enthusiasm. I mean, trying to get around Fred Armisen. He's really getting boxed out (laughs) with the walker. Even letting it fly. Does that apply to anything? I mean, Uh, he lets it it fly. Yeah, at least. (laughs) Yeah, you let that fly. At least flatulence. We say that too a lot. Take it to the hole. Mm, Not bad. Dishing and swishing. I guess that's not really a saying. That's a Clyde. (laughs) Doing the dishes. Are you Dish, swishing? Dishing and swi- yeah, sure, swishing, swishing around. around in the soap. Okay. <laughs> nice. I swish a lot when I do the dishes. What do you... What do you <laughs> Just swishing and splashing. Oh, because you want to get the soap off, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I like that move, too. You don't like... Because you don't want to leave the, wa- the, the water running. Mm-mm. No, no, no. No, no, no. Just no, do no. a good quick, quick final dunk. Exactly. Yeah. You get Just most of it in off. There. Yeah. Next uh, one here. This question actually made me look at look at these terms, right? And you're seeing them. You're like, these would actually be good to use in other uh, walks of life. Like, I think and one would be a good one. Like, if you want a second piece of pizza, and one. Yeah. Mm. Boozer it. Yep. Uh, ball handler. 
Self-explanatory. <laughs> yes. Pick and pop. I don't know what you would use it for, but I think that's a cool term. And another one I'm trying to use a lot more in my life is Cream City. That's a basketball <laughs> term. We're going to Cream City tonight. It's an ice cream place down the street. <laughs> what about uh, pick and pop? Like you buy something new, pick it out, and you wear it and you pop it. Pop like the you. tag? Sure. Pick and pop, yeah. Or um... If you wear something out of the store, that's a pick and pop. Okay. You took it, pop the tag, yeah. threw it on. Right out of the that's store. That's not bad. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, or I don't know why my mind immediately went to this. You know, like when you buy um, a toy for a kid, like for Christmas or a birthday gift, and it's like all in that packaging, and it probably needs batteries, and you've got to like put this on. Some people now have gotten really smart where they like do all that in advance, right, mm. for Christmas morning. I mean, you guys would probably speak to this better than I could without having kids, but that to me is like it's a, it's a pick and pop where the sense of like you pick that gift, but I've popped it ready to go for you. Like, <laughs> That's you, like, good. Well, if that makes sense, you know sure. what I'm saying? If yeah. you're buying a gift for a kid, and you're like, I've already put it all together. It's ready to roll, ready to Sounds play. Sounds like with. a business. Yeah. Ooh. Like, like you would, yeah. As the business, you would pre-pop. <laughs> you <laughs> pre-pop your picks. <laughs> yeah, you, you buy it, and we pre-pop it. So it's ready pop. to go. Mm. Something there. Hey, friends. I recently rewatched Game 7 of the 2016 Finals between the Cavs and Warriors. The last three minutes of the game are so nail-biting and filled with iconic moments. Kyrie's three, LeBron's chase-down block, and great defense from Love on Curry. However, I always wish LeBron landed that dunk against Draymond Green that could have been one of the best plays of all time. Mm -hmm. It was monstrous. Is there a play you can think of from regular season or playoffs that never happened but you wish it did. Thanks for making me walk around the streets constantly laughing, looking like a madman. That's from Dylan in Scotland. I'll stick with that game. Game seven of the NBA Finals. Warriors down three, 50 seconds to go. They have the ball. This is the infamous uh, Kevin Love getting yeah. switched on to Steph Curry. Love does an incredible job standing in front of him. He's obviously trying to take away the three because they are trailing by three. After dancing for a little bit, Curry gives the ball up to Draymond Green, if you remember. He nearly throws it away. It's yeah. a nice sort of catch by Draymond. He gets it, gives it back to Curry. There's like seven seconds on the shot clock. Curry, for a second, thinks about launching that sucker from like 35-plus feet. And I sort of wish he had tried that shot, not the one where then he still tried to get around Love, and Love again stayed with him, and then had to chuck it up, which he actually almost hit. Yeah, It wasn't that far off. I wish... You know, it being Curry, like, in a game seven oh, to man, hit, like, yeah. a, basically a 38-foot bomb to tie it, uh, which was already an awesome game. That would have been a pretty cool. And then there's oh, man, the ultimate. season, too. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He would have made it. And then there's the ultimate, like, what if, too, of if they win that title. Um, and does Durant ever go there and all that? Yeah. I mean, it's just a huge butterfly effect. But, yeah, that uh, that dunk is awesome. The one if. If LeBron could have kept oh, that yeah. off, that because LeBron gonna... stays down for a while too after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because he's just up so high and it's such a clash of bodies. But yeah, that would have been a thunderous dunk. I've got a similar one to that okay. from the 2010 first round of the playoffs game to Thunder in uh, Los Angeles, and Russell Westbrook rises up and tries to basically dunk on Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol. Just Google Westbrook dunk versus the Lakers, where he picks it up from and how high he gets. Right. Kevin Harlan and Doug Collins are on the call. And Doug Collins is telling a story, and they basically <laughs> they basically stop the story just to admire Westbrook, just how high the he gets, attempt. and how you know the audacity of him to try to just dunk that sort of in a half court set there. And uh, you see the replay, and he just gets going so high. It would have just been an, uh, you know one of the best dunks we've ever seen, but he misses it because he just tries to basically dunk it from the free throw line <laughs> over two seven footers. <laughs> Not an easy attempt. No. 
I'll go to the uh, 2013 finals. The heartbreaking Ray Allen shot for the San Antonio Spurs game six. Tim Duncan wasn't on the floor. Mm. And then game seven, Timmy had the ball in the post, 50 seconds left, down two points. And he's got Shane Battier on his back, little Shane Battier, you know, who's probably four or five inches smaller. And he could tie the game so easily just to turn around Timmy Dinky. That's all he had to do, just <laughs> dink it and dump it. And he missed, and he missed the tap back, too. Heartbreaking for Tim Duncan there. Uh, he's won a lot of championships, so not a big deal. Yeah. But it made it so much sweeter the next season when they won it. But that one, I would have liked to see a tie game. I would have liked to see it a little, you know, go down to the wire a little bit more because all we do is remember the Ray Allen shot in game six. The game seven final minute, although it was close, isn't that memorable, really? Well, who gets who gets blocked for the Spurs by Bosch at the end of game six, too, uh, after Ray Allen's? It's Danny three. Green, I think. Is it Danny Green? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Danny Bosch Green, yeah. Out? Yeah, like, how wild would that have been? Yeah. If Ray Allen hits the crazy corner three and then the Spurs counter with one of their own, but Bosch making a great play on it. And it was a, it was going to be a tough shot, I get that, but mm-hmm. Danny Green had been on fire in finals That's before. That's for sure. Yeah. You got that one? Finals. Uh, yeah, also a 2010 dunk that didn't happen. It's uh, the Cavaliers playing against the Trailblazers in Portland. Mo Williams throws an alley-oop to LeBron James, and he just skies for this. Oh, yeah. But all he's able to do is catch it. But mm. it's, like, on the NBA's YouTube page yeah. as highest jump ever, and it's insane how high LeBron gets on this on this leap. He's basically the only guy on the weak side. It's just a weird play, and he's flying, flying. man. But, I mean, he doesn't even attempt the dunk because his body's so dis combobulated from contorting for the jump, but uh, he is flying up there. I'm also surprised nobody's tried an elbow pass since Jason mm. Williams. Huh. Yeah. Is it not? I'm trying to It's think. an iconic play. Even if somebody tried it and botched it, you would know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Guy Fieri can do it. Get him out there. <laughs> Couple more. Hey, no dunkers. My girlfriend and I just passed a guy sitting at one of those change my mind signs in the middle of February in 40 degree weather in Indiana. Yeah, bud. I'm sure people are going to stop to debate veganism with you. Anyway, my girlfriend asked me after this what my change my mind sign would say. I landed on the fact that the Pacers won the Paul George trade. People clowned them at the time, but the dividends are undeniable, and now all three of OKC's big three are gone. So, to the No Dunks crew, what is your one NBA opinion that you could set up shop and debate forever and no one could change your mind? Thanks. That's from Casey in Indiana. Beautiful Indiana. A state I can't wait to visit (laughs) in 2021 for the All-Star Week. I had no idea it was so hot in February. 40 degrees? Uh, J.D., uh, Fahrenheit, J.D. That's 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 very low Celsius. Um, but yeah, the, you, you know what he's talking yeah. about. You've seen the meme. You've seen that photo going around. Changed my mind. Mm. What, what do you have on it, or what are you attaching as the caption to your photo of you at that table? Uh, all eras are tough. All <laughs> eras are tough. Okay. I mean, like I people you said say, all ears are tough uh, at first. Uh, I was yeah. like, <laughs> no, no. What's his name? Uh, uh, Deontay Wilder's ears not too tough. It uh, was bleeding the other night, wasn't it? Was, it? was that him? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Are you anyway, of a Vander Holyfield. No, 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 no. I think it was Deontay against the, in the rematch against uh, Ty- Tyson Fury. Was yeah. it? Was it? Well, maybe it was the first time they fought. I don't know. Anyway, I saw a bit of it on the weekend. There were um, soft ears. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, you know, people say, "Ah, oh, it's all soft now," but then they also say, "Well, oh, it was soft back in the day. It's tough now." Right. Okay. Yeah, it, it was tough back in the day. It's tough now. 
you know, that's it. Right. So I couldn't convince you that, uh, come on, they, they don't play as hard yeah. and as physical as they did in the 80s, man. You, well, they don't. They, There's they, new rule changes. Yeah. These guys are all friends now. They used to hate each other back I think then. I think the game is uh, not quite as dirty as it was back in the 80s because you see guys, like, literally coat hanging. Guys there's, punched guys. There's and a, would, there's like, a, the best not clip, even a foul would th- be called. That's the Robert Parrish on Bill Lane Beer where he beats him in the head twice, knocks him to the ground, and there's not even a foul, foul call yeah. on that play, which is hilarious but that's different to going inside and physically you know body on body defense and things like that and i mean the pistons were tough the 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 bulls were tough the lakers were tough but right now it's it's just as tough i mean Mm, all eras yeah i I like this one yeah good one i I think a lot of people would disagree of course they would but uh you know i just think it's ridiculous i think um you know technology has changed the game has changed but in terms of like physical uh power and strength i don't really think it's a whole lot different i think it was tough back then it's tough now and it's going to be tough forever you've got the best athletes in the world mm-hmm. uh and they were the best a- best athletes in the 70s and 80s as well uh now look you know again guys have different ways of uh building up their muscle and the you know the the sports science behind it is different but the physicality of the game i don't think is any any worse or better than it was uh back in the 80s like it i'd love we should set that up at all-star weekend set you up at the table there yeah. all eras are tough yeah. <laughs> change my mind change yeah. my mind you guys have an answer uh, michael jordan's the goat i'll never change You'll my mind never change your mind. i mean i saw lebron win the 2016 championship with my own eyes and even then i was like he's as good as jordan ever was but he ain't jordan mm. Mm. so jo- Yes. Well, at this point. So if LeBron even won three straight titles here with the Lakers. But if he did. If he did, would it be enough? He didn't lose. I mean, I know that's what I mean. I'm saying I I don't think he could still. uh, That's why until someone goes 6-0 or 7-0. Somebody's got to go 7-0. Yeah, in the finals, then then it's going to be tough. And win every finals MVP that they're in. Robert already 7-0. How many finals MVPs? Zero. That's right. Okay. Okay. At least getting his bag together here. Yeah, I, I agree with Trey. I agree with Trey on that though. The Jordan, it's it's virtually impossible to knock him off the number one perch. That's mm. six and zero in the mm. finals. Wow. And and that's the other thing people say. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, like who did he who did he beat? Those Jazz teams were tough. Yeah. As tough as anything. The Blazers were like the best. One of the toughest eras. <laughs> <laughs> Way tougher than now. Sonics, Way tougher. That Sonics team was known for toughness. Yeah. Uh, the Blazers were the best sort of team in the West in 92. 91, the Lakers, that was probably the one that wasn't uh, as good, but they were experienced. And in 93, that Phoenix team, tough. <laughs> tough era. Mark tough. West, Oliver Miller. Dan, Danny Marley. Danny Marley. Tough as nails. All right, let's get I've to seen it. Dan Marley get a tough tan. He battles through it. He's tough. I'm going to try to get to this final question before <laughs> I, this guy leaves. No way. No way. I'm going to keep babbling just to, just to have Lee walk out as we're recording this. Just going between. Oh, chiming in and thought, zipping things. Chiming in, zipping I know. things. <laughs> Phoenix Suns tough. This? Utah Jazz, one of the toughest teams I've ever seen, puts his lunch bag away. <laughs> his lunch bag. Those Houston Rockets scene. That's what we should have seen. The Rockets and the Bulls in the Oh, yeah. Then oh, Akeem no would have beat him, and then Akeem would be considered the greatest of all time. He's Ooh, two. change my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Akeem Olajuwon's better than David Robinson. You'll never change your mind. Ever. Oh god, he's standing up now. This guy's carrying so much stuff. He's a certified bucket. Let's see if he can weigh in. Let's see if he can. He's putting a sweater on. Good morning, (laughs) no ducks. My name is Andrew, and I'm 23 years old in Toronto. After watching a Memphis game on TV back in January, my girlfriend and I had way too much 
to drink and decided to buy tickets via the Game Time app to see Memphis versus Sacramento this Friday and Memphis versus Los Angeles, the Lakers, this Saturday, both in Memphis. What? Yeah, they're driving down to watch oh two games back-to-back. Back. This means that Friday morning we will be waking up at 2 a.m., driving 15 hours straight to Tennessee. We've done long drives before, including a couple drives to Texas and back, but this will be the furthest we've ever gone just for a basketball game. My question for you guys is, what's the furthest you've gone or craziest thing you've done for basketball? Thanks and keep up the great work. That's from Andrew G. Well, Lee, before yeah. you go. I was living in London, and I flew to Philadelphia for Valentine's Day for a Sixers and a Magic game and got interviewed on the TV for it because I couldn't buy tickets on online. The TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the three-man picture. Yeah, look at his, his stance right I now. Couldn't, I couldn't buy tickets online for some reason. This was 2003. Uh, you know, we had the internet, but um, I, I sent an email to the Philadelphia 76ers general manager, and he wrote back, and said, you've got two tickets. I paid for them, and then I got interviewed by D-Lineham on the game. It was great. It was awesome. Hit us with a quick on zip the before you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, a lot of teeth on go. this zipper. <laughs> See you later, mate. That's the worst sound when you're a backpacker and you're staying in hostel and people are at five in the morning. Oh, that's it. <laughs> oh. That's not the worst sound. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And there he goes. goes. You know what? Let's just call it right there. Yeah, it's fine. I think he had the best answer. I don't see anybody beating that. Lily's out of here. Guys, thanks so much for sending in your questions once again. Keep the emails and the comments coming. No dunks at theathletic.com or hit us up on Twitter at no dunks inc or use the hashtag no dunks. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. The worst sound when you're recording a podcast is you got to leave and you got to zip up your teenage backpack, <laughs> your, your little kitty backpack, and get the heck out. The worst was, sound in the world. That was incredible. <laughs> he was answering <laughs> while he was packing up. It's like he was wearing Michael Jackson's zipper-covered jacket. Just like zip, 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 zip. <laughs> Embrace the day, people.